Welcome to Pathway to Faith with Bishop Steve Howe. Turn your expectations high as you receive the word from our man of God. Prepare yourself to hear a life-changing message. Let's tune in now. I'm going to uh, continue to some degree where I left off about is Jesus for sale? And I shared with you in the last few lessons that if Jesus can be sold in your life, Satan will find your price. If the devil can can engage in such activity in your life, even though now you are a born-again child of God, but if he can so neutralize you and keep you carnal, how do you keep a Christian carnal? A Christian who spends more time listening to secular music than they spend listening to the word of God. There's no way for them to be spiritual. Anything that you're giving most of your time to, that thing that you're giving your time to will make you like it. Ooh, Jesus. Now, I'm not knocking your radio station, one or whatever number it may be on your dial. But if you spend more time with that than you do with Jesus, then there's no way you're going to be spiritual. Because whatever you're giving the majority of your time to, that thing will make you like it. Ain't nobody saying nothing. And and something has made you what you are now. And what has made you what you are now is what you have been spending the majority of your time giving your attention to. So if all you do is spend time in secular activity, there's no way you're going to be spiritual. Y'all getting quiet on me now. And so again, if, if Jesus can be bought in your life, Satan will find your price. The question now becomes, what will you sell him for? Come on, talk to me, church. What will you sell him for? I'm talking to those who are presently here and those who are watching all around the world. I'm talking to the people who haven't sold him yet. Now, some of you are going to get real quiet because you've already sold him. You've sold him for a man. You've, You've sold him for a righteous lifestyle. You sold him for religion. You're just religious. There's no relationship. Ooh, Jesus. You, you sold him for a car. You sold him for fame. Mm-hmm. You sold him for money. You, you know when you're selling him for money, when it comes time for a tithe and offering, you can't let it go. But your religion tells you that you're okay. Some of you sold him for a man last night. 
And you can't sell him for a man without selling him for a woman. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus. Now, I'm not throwing rocks. I'm just asking the question, who Jesus? What is your price? And if Jesus can be bought in your life, may not be today, but Satan will wait, wait a long years to ultimately find your price. Who Jesus? And so we have been dealing the past few services uh, with this, this, uh, this man that I'm going to share a little more light on called Judas. Go ahead and put up, uh, uh, I don't want to uh, diminish my reputation as the nugget man. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and, because I could really, ooh, gee, I, ooh, geez. You, you know, there's times when you just feel like preaching. Boy, and, and, and if I could just get about 10 people who feel like being preached to, ooh, Jesus. Man, we'd have something going on up in here today. Glory to God. But look at John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Look at verse, uh, verse 70. John chapter 6. Look at verse 70. Are you there? Look at this. Jesus answered them. And he said, did I not choose you? Come on. Did, did I not choose you? What? The 12. Jesus said, did I not choose you? And he, he made it clear that, that he chose all. He said the 12, not 11. Not 10. You didn't just stumble up and join my group. I chose you. And I chose all 12 of you. Isn't that what it says? And one of you is a devil. Good God of mercy. Some of your translation says, and one of you are a demon. No, no, no. Jesus said, he said, uh, uh, did I not choose you? In other words, he's telling the disciples, don't look around the 12 and think you're special because every one of them you're looking at, I chose them. I chose Doubting Thomas. I chose Peter. I chose James and John and Bartholomew. And I also chose Judas. Now, here in the text, he only tells the disciples, he says, I've chosen 12 of you. And one of you is a demon. Jesus. This is the thing that perplexed me. It's when the 12 looked at each other, they couldn't tell which one of them was the devil. Just like looking out at this service today, at the people in the pew, I can't look at you and tell who really loved Jesus. 
Because everybody here doesn't mean they're going. And Jesus said, I chose 12 of you and one of you are the devil. And notice the disciples could not stand up and pick him out. Say, I know it's you. Come on, let's, let's do the nugget. Nugget number one. Nugget number one. Go ahead. Come on, church. Come on, you can read. Ready? Read. If you live long enough, somebody is going to betray you. And it's going to be somebody you chose. Some of you have already experienced it. You're, you're going to round two. Nugget number two. Come on. Come on, let's go with it. Evil, keep that up. Don't, don't change it. I want everybody at home to read that again and again. Evil is always a mystery. Which, one, which is one of the things that makes it attractive. Adam, you can eat of any tree in the garden. But the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, leave that alone. Isn't it amazing? The thing that people tell you to leave alone is the thing you want to seek out. If you want your children to mess with something, tell them don't mess with it. I'm preaching better than y'all responding with those masks on. Boy, the Holy Ghost is going to give me something to go knock your mask off. Evil is always a mystery. Come on, saints, say amen. amen. Which is one of the things that makes makes it attractive. I mean, I know it's not right what I'm looking at and what I'm thinking about doing. But it sure look good. And the Bible says that sin has pleasure for a season. Now, I just kind of sense like the left side of the church is playing me a little more than this side. But that's why so many people engage in sin. Are you ready for this? In the church. Because it has an attractiveness to it. It's, it's, it's mystical. You heard me say years ago, a stolen cookie tastes different than a cookie you paid for. Can I go ahead? That's why the temptation of an affair is so enticing. Because an affair has a mystery to it. You got to sneak. 
And then he come out, you have to sneak. And that causes the adrenaline to flow. Your blood starts flowing. Why? You're sneaking. You got to look around. It has suspense to it. Why? Because there is a possibility you could get caught. So that experience in that affair is so much different than when you're with your wife or your husband. And so you're trying to compare the two and they cannot be compared. Because in a marriage, there can be no excitement unless you make some excitement. In a marriage, there will be no fire unless you start a fire. But when you're looking at something, another tree, another fruit, that God told you to leave alone, it's automatically got fire connected to it. It's part of the draw. Well, I'm preaching better than you all are responding. And so when we look at the life of Judas, you must concur there's a mystery to it. Why would Jesus choose somebody? Who's going to betray him? Well, I go a step further. Why did he choose you? And I'm not throwing rocks because there's been occasions in my life where I denied him too. Not with my words, but with my actions. When I should have spoken up, I remained silent because I wasn't willing to pay the price for the persecution if the people found out that I love Jesus. Nugget number three. Come on, come on, come, come, come on, say it out loud. Come on, say it out loud. See, see, you can get excited on everybody's called, but everybody's called is not enough. Everybody's called. Nugget number four. The secret is to be chosen. Can I preach, boy? And people will get mad at you just for showing up. Because they can, they can smell when you're chosen. Because when you're chosen, you got an aroma on you that people don't like if they're full of the devil. It doesn't mean that you're perfect. You're just chosen. It doesn't mean that you do everything right. It just means that you're chosen. And people who are not chosen get mad at people who are chosen. Oh, Jesus. 
And God will do things in your life that'll make them even madder than they are now. Because when you're chosen, God will put his hand a blessing on your life and your haters will get madder and madder at you. And sometimes your haters will leave and take their support from you, thinking that if they leave you, that the hand of God will stop operating in your life. And what God will do is when they exit, he'll send in a greater blessing. Why? Because you're chosen. Can about 10 chosen people stand to your feet and give God some praise? About 10 chosen people watching this broadcast, can you lift your hands and give God praise that you're chosen? Mm -hmm. God, God is no, please have a seat. God is no respecter of person. And so if God it's no respect of person and all are called. What is the distinction? What is the separator from the called and the chosen? Because if you're chosen and there's no possibility for me to be chosen, that's not fair. The game is fixed. The fight is rigged, but all are called. Few are chosen. All are called, but what preacher? Few, few, F-E-W, few are chosen. Nugget number five, the last one I want to use today. Nugget number five, please. Is it on the screen? Go ahead. Most, go ahead. Most people, go ahead. Most people are not willing to go through the process or preparation for the qualification for being chosen. They're will, they want to be chosen, but they're not willing to go through the process. They're not willing to spend the time in prayer. They're not willing to spend the time in studying the scriptures. They're not willing to take the time to listen to their pastor's teachings. They'd rather listen to power or dower or cower. I have to put some other names in there. But they'd rather spend all day listening to a secular uh, a radio station or secular music rather than taking some time feeding their spirit man the word of God. They're not willing to pay the price of the process. So how can you produce children that love Jesus and you don't? How can you produce children who want to spend time with God and they never see you spend time with God? Ooh, Jesus. Most people are not willing to go through the process. They're not willing to study. They're not willing to develop a prayer life. And most Christians do not have a prayer life. 
Because they have a prayer life, it has to be developed. You have to keep pressing in until you finally get victory over your flesh. Because your flesh, listen to me, your flesh never, what did I say? Your flesh never wants to do the will of God. So a lot of things you're putting on the devil as your problem, it's not the devil, it's your flesh. It's your flesh agreeing with the devil. Oh, Jesus. I said develop. I'm not talking about having a prayer life till you catch a man. I'm not talking about showing up to prayer while you're single. Then when you get married, can't find you. When you get married, God didn't give you a special ticket that now you don't have to come to prayer. You, you, listen, just have hope sense. If praying produce a man or a woman in your life, when you get them, why would you stop? If prayer produced them, then it's going to take prayer to keep them. No, I see it. I see people come every Saturday to prayer when they're single. Then they get married, you can't find them. Because they really weren't praying. You see, that's, that's just a show. Ain't nobody saying nothing. But I'm preaching real, 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 real good. Ooh, Jesus. So notice that you get to choose your betrayer. And if you've never been betrayed, betrayal is a heart-rendering thing. Because you cannot be betrayed by somebody you don't know. This is, this, this puts me in a whole nother mindset. How does Jesus look at Judas every day? And hearing him say the right words to fool the crowd. And Jesus knowing all the time. And even in the previous lessons that I gave you, even when Judas came and kissed them as a sign to the Sanhedrin, that he's the one. Even when he kissed him, Jesus looked at him and called him friend. Man. Now I'm not there yet. That's why I'm listening to this message. <laughs> and I'm going to get there because I'm honest. <laughs> Jesus. Now, let's, let's close this out in Matthew 16. Matthew 16. Matthew chapter 16. Because what, what a contrast. Matthew chapter 16. Oh, Lord. My time is already gone. Matthew 16. Matthew chapter 16. Oh, God. Are you there? Look at verse 13. 
16:13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Boy, look, What a contrast is the testimony of Simon Peter as opposed to Judas. Look, look at this. He asked his disciples, He asked who? He asked the members of Harvest Church, He asked who? He asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, who, Who's the they? The disciples. Different ones of them spoke up. Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Then Jesus said to them, Okay, who do you say that I am? I like this because in this city, uh, I'm viewed a whole lot of different ways. Uh, some people view me as a cult leader. Some people view me just as a man. Some people view me in this city as just another uh, one amongst thousands of preachers. I mean, there's all kind of, of different opinions about who I am to people outside of these walls. There are people who have an opinion about me who's never met me. They're only going on what somebody said who, who didn't like what I said when they were in my presence. So they think I am what they said I am, a former disgruntled member. I'm going to make it plain. So they think they know me based upon somebody who left who was offended. So they say all kind of crazy things that you have to show your W-2. That you have to give a certain amount of money to sit on the front row, Minister Clayton and Mrs. Clayton. And the reason we caught a couple of empty seats, they wasn't willing to pay the price. They say all kind of stupid stuff that you can't join Harvest Church unless you're a tither. Well, half of you know that ain't the truth. But they say all those kind of crazy things, and when people hear it, they think they know you. Oh, Jesus. Can you handle this? You think you know people in your church who you only see at church. And you think you know them. Harvest Church is no different than any other church. We got members who cuss. Not in here. We're all being monitored. We have members who drink and get drunk. Don't leave Harvest Church trying to find a church that don't drink. You won't find one. We have members who smoke dope. We have members who still go to nightclubs. Don't leave the church because we have members like that searching for a church that don't have it. You won't find one.
have members who are not friendly. And sometimes they weasel their way on the usher board or the greeting team. Don't lead a church because you bumped into some mean-spirited usher or greeter trying to find a church that don't have any. You won't find one. Oh, Jesus. What is pastor saying? Don't leave me. Come on, turn to somebody and say, you want to know what pastor's really saying? Don't leave me. But if you leave, remember what I said. <laughs> what a contrast. You in Matthew 16? Oh God, my time is gone. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, were you blessed today? Oh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I'm, I feel your pain. Because this, this man lays some stuff on me that, that you, you, man, about end time. You, and I, I was able, with the help of the Holy Spirit, to, to, to weave this thing together so you'll never again be in the dark as to what's going on in the world. Because the world is going mad. Wow, what an amazing message. Thank you for listening to our Pathway to Faith broadcast. If you're ever in the Kansas City metro area, Join Bishop and Dr. Howe at Harvest Church International Outreach, 4300 North Corrington Avenue, Kansas City, Missouri, 64117. Or catch our services live online at www.harvestchurchkc.org. Be blessed.